I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gold Jr. That's me. With me, as always, the only man in this duo who just in the last 10 minutes pissed in a bottle in his own garage, Brandon Newman. Mike. What's up, Brandon? Mike. There's some there's some level of stipulations that you gotta you can't be telling all of my business. You gotta preface some of this stuff needs to be in a pre-show meeting, which you're gonna open up the show with. No, because you always think you got something clever and everyone thinks they have a plan until they get punched in the face. And in this case, you got punched in the face with a bottle of your own pee. <laughs> Please move on. All right. Well, I will move on mercifully and say oh, uh man. What I usually do. We have a great show for you guys. And uh, today was an interesting one. Yesterday was full of a ton of news here. My dad, Mike Golick Sr., who you guys here on Golick and Smeddy, uh, joined us today to talk about a lot of things. And we had certainly big news in the world of sports business with what had gone on. The Big Ten inks a seven-year TV deal worth what is expected to be about $8 billion with three different TV networks. It is seismic news that we knew was coming down the pipes, but now to see it real begins the next step of 
all the things that are going to happen in the world of college football. But Brandon, even that was superseded by what we saw happen with Deshaun Watson. The ruling comes down after the NFL had appealed his suspension. We will get into a lot of that with Dad, but did want to say that on the beginning since we do know even though the Browns and their brass and everyone involved kept talking about those that were triggered, and I think using that as a crutch to speak vaguely about a situation that they are not prepared to handle, we did want to always make that known. It'll be in the time codes, as we always say, because we do know that there are a lot of people for whom hearing these things is hard enough, let alone hearing it, I think, dealt with at times as insensitively as it was over the last 24 hours. Yes, as insensitive as the entire act from Deshaun Watson allegedly was, uh, I think I'd be happy to finally get his name up out of the the top of our mouths in the in the news cycle right now. I, I know he he comes he came down. We wish he got more games, but I am happy that we can stop talking about Deshaun Watson for the foreseeable future. Yeah, at the very least, it will be an 11-week break for everyone involved, and I think that's why so many people hope for the year, because everyone, after two years of hearing this story and hearing updates and more allegations added to it, I think a lot of people are feeling the weight of that. Obviously, you think of the people that were affected directly by this, the accusers of Deshaun Watson... You know, the victims of sexual assault and domestic violence that have had to deal with the NFL mishandling these things for a long time. So again, wanted to make everyone aware of that here. There is some lighthearted banter at the beginning. We will talk about underpants with my dad because, God, we cannot help ourselves sometimes. So we'll take a quick break, and on the other side of this, we'll come back and try and make your Friday a little bit better with Mike Gullick Sr. Dad, I'm, I'm curious to get your insight on this because Brandon and I were just talking about he recently, because his wife has so many things that she's doing around the house, Brandon decided to be helpful and start doing his own laundry. And he commented that he's been wearing some different new clothes because of that, like stuff he hasn't seen in a while just based on a different laundry pattern. Because I joked and said... Now that I'm out here in California, my day-to-day clothing wearing is different because my closet is organized differently than it was. So some shirts are easier to get to than ones that were easier to get to when I lived in Connecticut. And we got to the point where Brandon even said when his wife was washing their clothes, he would find himself wearing like the same couple clean pairs of underwear because they were always back in rotation. And I maintain that every guy in their underwear drawer has a wide variety, but has really like four, maybe five pairs that are clearly the better underpants that you wear more often when they're clean. Is that accurate? Mine are two to three, not four to five. Two to three pairs. (laughs) Also fair. Also fair. Oh yeah, yeah, without question. And they're all the, I probably have... 10 pair of the same type of underwear but i I only wear like three of them just for that that's called success they i wear them they go into the laundry and by the time i go through the third one the laundry's back and it's restacked again so i never hit the underwear that's underneath the top three pretty much how it works which means if you ever get to a truly desperate point, they're going to be really clean under. Well, they're going to be clean, and they might be tight as well. You know, if I haven't worn them in a while, yeah. and they haven't been through the wash and worn a little bit, I may put them on and go, shit, am I gaining weight? You know, is, is my shit well, a little fat right now? I mean, what's going on? 
I, I will say I usually end up buying new <laughs> pairs of underwear because the old pairs elastic doesn't it gets worn out. So when I get down to those bottom pair again, because I'm doing laundry once a month now instead of every week, like when my wife was doing it, I'm getting to some some underwear that don't stay up the same way. I have I'm not gonna lie, some quality underwear. And I have probably had this underwear for while I was doing Mike and Mike. We had a deal. We had we did commercials for them, and they sent tons of pairs of underwear. And that's basically that's been very comfortable. It's basically been all I've worn. I've tried I've tried other underwear. I saw oh, that looks comfortable. That looks good. You know, a little too tight the waistband. Maybe not enough support for the boys. Something. You know. Right. Just just made yeah, it off right. a little bit, so I, I put the uh, the old comfortable ones on, and I just feel right at home. I'm not gonna lie, this is one of those moments we always talk about where you see yourself becoming your parents because every single pair of underwear I have is underwear that a brand has sent yep. me or that I got uh, from Ryan Grooms, our old yep. equipment manager when he was at Notre Dame, when he would just give me Under Armour boxers that they had in the equipment room. I do not own a single pair of underwear that I have purchased with my own money, Jesus. I'd say for the last eight years. Easy, God. oh easy, mine goes longer than that. And the ones we got, this... when I was with Mike and Mike were Tommy John's and, and I've got, I've got, yeah, I got, I've got so many pair of those. And like I said, I probably wore three to four. I probably got brand new ones sitting in the closet somewhere. I now, Tommy John's, I was, they were like one of the first people to co- corner the market. Uh, Mike's wearing his underwear. He's showing under his under armor yeah. underwear right now that matches his, his red m M&M t-shirt, just for uh, context. Uh, but Tommy John, what, I, they, I believe they started the podcast game of advertising, right? Like they were like yeah. some of the first, that, them in the undies. But They were the, out here slinging dick baskets for a while. Thank you. Yes, thank you for saying dick baskets because that's exactly what the Tommy John's is set up. They have a horizontal... Uh, flip pouch when it comes to the split and the yeah, yeah. what's that called at the in the front where you're supposed to pee through but nobody does what's that called hold the on through. Through. Like the, i don't know yeah, the, the, the slit. i didn't know there was a name for it is there an official name for it <laughs> there has to be there's a name for everything is that uh, what's a weenus it's the escape again? hatch I, the escape hatch oh my god escape it's hatch. the dick it's the dick door <laughs> no listen the fact that you guys you two the gullicks like haven't paid for underwear in so long no. it's like the perfect example of like once you get to a level of fame and success like you don't even have to buy the nice things anymore they're given to it's, you but it's not the nice things they it's are like, nice things because you, you wear the underwear mike they have to be well, nice yeah. no they're 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 free and they're like they're all fine i love every brand's underwear and if any brand wants to send me more underwear yeah. i could use a re- i could use a refill but, but how, how, listen, how about a car or something like that you know how about you know no see i got a t-shirt a hat a underwear where you know where where's hey, my you know where's my car? Any, no. Listen, I'm a simple man. I'm a father. If any if any company wants to send me paper towels, like yeah. that'd be great. Paper plates. <laughs> you see, that's the right avenue, Brandon. Because like, like Dad, it was different for you. Like as like you like you've been legitimately famous. Like I'm like by Brandon. Like we're by no means famous. Don't say we I mean, anymore. A, we're talking about a, you now. I'm a different level. A, like I have a public job, and so my strategy is always like, "Oh, here's a brand with just a couple thousand followers. Surely, they see me start to tweet or retweet a few things here. Now I could finagle my way into some really like low stake stuff. I don't need a lot of like 
upper echelon shit. I just need like underwear, a little bit of beef jerky, and maybe a new hat every once in a while. No, I get it. I, I was I was where you were at, and then and then you start expecting more or wanting more. Then you're like, well, wait a minute. I talked about this beef jerky, and I have this beef jerky. What if I talk about this cool car or this cool motorcycle or this cool $500 jacket, you know, hey, this cool shout thing. Shout out to the subpar classic. You're like, uh, where are my free golf clubs, TaylorMade? Well, let me tell you, that, that's been another good thing is people have been very nice on that department as well uh, with golf clubs, especially drivers uh, going out there. And I'm, I'm always amazed at how well they work when they're free. It's amazing. Oh, this driver's great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Guys, you know what else I think is really cool? Knock around sunglasses. Oh my god! Oh, Incredible polarized right shades for just thirty dollars a pair, is. guys. Let me tell you, shipping lightning quick yeah. on these things. Yeah. Fifteen different frames, fifteen different frames, wow. and a ton of different colors. I wear a different colored pair of sunglasses almost every day of the week to showcase my versatility. You can design pairs for game day, get in to match your favorite team. College football season, the NFL's coming up. I don't know if you've heard. There's over a billion. Yeah, that's not a joke. A billion possible combinations for the knockaround custom shop here. They are lightweight, they have great clarity, and they've even got the little rubber nose. So when you go out to run, it doesn't slip or slide or move around on you, Dad. I know you're getting out here being active a lot. These feel like sunglasses that could fit your very active lifestyle. Well, right I need now. them, you know, on the golf course and such, and out there with the dogs. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, Brandon. I know I haven't. Brandon, have you been sent a pair of these sunglasses? It's a sore subject, yeah. Dad Gullick Senior. Yeah, have not seen them. Would love, would love to talk about them like you were talking about them, Mike. But I have no friggin' clue because they've never been on my face. <laughs> you know what? Somebody's you know what? never sent them to me. You know what? You know what? I owe you a gift anyway, so I think I'm gonna go ahead and go to knockaround.com and put in our promo code Gojo, and and just you know get me a pair, get you some pair, get some for the family. You know, I don't always have to be giving my things. I am the the common man of us three. That is nice of you, Brandon. I, I expected that more is, from my own son, but I appreciate what you you're what? doing. You know what? Dad, I'm yeah. gonna Dad, I'm gonna hook you up right now. Because again, like Brandon said, knockaround sunglasses are high quality polarized sunglasses at a truly affordable price. And I'm gonna make them even more affordable for you guys. Because again, we have our promo code Gojo. That's gonna get you twenty percent off at checkout. We already said they're about thirty dollars sunglasses. I'm going to give you even more money off them. Promo code Gojo at checkout is going to get you 20% off, Dad. Very excited to help you out. Happy early Father's Day for next year. Consider this your gift. Who knows? Quick math. What's 20% off of 30 bucks? Oh, come on. Don't do that. I'm not a DSW. Come on. Six dollars. Huh? Six dollars. Six dollars. Right, so 24 bucks. Well done. Okay. Brandon, come on. My God. You haven't noticed so give, give me something else. Give me another one. Brandon, you've see, no, you're Brandon, I'm telling you right now, I care about you. You're wading into the deep yeah. end. My dad is a mental math savant. There really? are few things this man loves more than calculation. It's honestly, it is like the one like savant level quality my dad has. My, like you said, my dad is the son of a bricklayer, former NFL player, longtime broadcaster. But my God, if you put this man in a mental math situation, it's like Will Ferrell in old school when he blacks out in the debate. It's simple math, uh, Brandon, that I'm good at. I was phenomenal at flashcards in middle school and we would always have the guys against the girls and I would rip through all the guys and this one one girl Debbie Kaufman I couldn't Debbie beat her Kaufman. it came she was the top girl I was the top guy I mean split second I just I couldn't beat her we tried to find her for years during my Mike and Mike days to try and get her get her on the show to talk about it but yeah hey. but but other than her I was I, I'm a simple math flashcards 
kind of guy. Did Debbie Kaufman get into Notre Dame? Debbie Kaufman, she was very smart. I don't know where she went to school. I lost touch with her after that, maybe okay. because I hated her for beating me, so I didn't care where she ended up, which should sound mean and petty, but I'm sure I was at that point. But she was very smart. I'm sure she went wherever she wanted to go. I was going to say that that's you, you, you have that up on her, by the way, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah, except she always will have flashcards up on me. The only Debbie Kaufman I found on LinkedIn uh, attended the University of Manchester in West Midlands, Eng England. So I don't think that is your That's Debbie Kaufman. Probably not. Probably not. That's yeah. got to be her. Lost touch a long hey, time I, ago. I was so bad at flashcards and uh, multiplication tables that when we do multiplication races, like in elementary school, I used to tell my teachers I was allergic to chalk. Come on! I did. <laughs> and they believe that? What kind of teachers were these? I gotta go check up on that. I would I would have made you clean the chalkboards one day after school and just watch to see if you had any kind of attack. Oh, Not man. watched I, I would have watched in private. You know, and I wouldn't have watched you because right. you would have faked it. You know, now, so, I, I had a, I had an aversion to the sound. Like I, I really did. Everybody like, has an aversion to the sound. Everybody hates that sound. Everybody hates it. Oh, just thinking about not I mean, enough not is, to do it. Is, an aversion, is chalk yeah. hitting the chalkboard the wrong way? The wrong. One of the top five worst sounds Horrid. ever. Stop talking about it. Stop talking Horrid. about it. Horrid. Yeah, oh. I, I get it's that. It's up there feeling. with the. It's up there with the f the the fork hitting and scraping <clears throat> along a plate yeah, by accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Come on, switch it up. Let's get but, the sport. But, oh. but yeah, that, that's not a reason to not do your multiplication tables, Brandon. Jeez, oh man. Okay, that's fair. I mean, but I, I, I the finesse king over here. I'm tr I'm trying to think of what the other most uncomfortable sounds in the world are Why? outside. Why are you doing that to Oh, would that be like hearing the sound of your um of your tire rim scraping against the uh scraping against like a curb? It's not a it's not a, an annoying sound like the other ones, but it's a sound that you know just cost you money. That is true, it's which fair. I think adds yeah. to how yeah. uncomfortable so, yeah, it is. You just go shit. You know, shit. I know. That's exactly right. You don't even have to see it, but you're you wait can't wait to get out of a car and go, ah, oh, son of a I have bitch. something I can't do. I can't styrofoam touching, rubbing together. I can't, guys. Oh, you don't oh. like that either, huh? I don't mind that one. What? The chalk and the fork get me though. Man. At Gojo Show on Twitter. Yeah. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five star rating. And, and get yourself tell some us the most great sunglasses. It's knockarounds, baby. You see, you get the idea. Yeah, let us know the most uncomfortable sounds in the world. Uh, guys, it's a shame nothing wild happened in the world of sports in the last 24 <laughs> hours as we prepared to do this podcast. Um, I guess the most pressing and breaking news is probably in the NFL. We can get to the Big Ten finally signed their new extension, their media rights deal with... Fox, CB, Fox and CBS and company and NBC to the tune of $8 billion over about a seven-year period, which is noteworthy, but we did finally get the news that everyone had been waiting to drop as far as it pertains to Deshaun Watson and the appeal of his suspension. For anyone not up to date again, the NFL originally in this process had an independent arbitrator, judge, former Judge Sue Robinson, oversee the case she handed down a six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson which was then appealed by the NFL Roger Goodell and company had been pushing at least publicly and stating for an indefinite suspension of at least one season and now the news broke yesterday per Adam Schefter and all the rest of the usual NFL insider sources that Deshaun Watson's suspension would now be increased to 11 games 
as well as including a fine of $5 million and a mandate that he must undergo a professional behavior evaluation and follow a treatment program as a part of a deal worked out between the NFL and the NFLPA announced on Thursday. And the initial thing I noticed in this, and there's a lot to unpack, we can get to the statements from Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns and that family, what we've heard from Deshaun Watson, but one of the first things that jumped out was he would be eligible to return in their game against Houston. That would be the first game that he's potentially allowed back in the NFL. So, Dad, for you, what was your initial reaction when you saw 11 games, $5 million in counseling as the ultimate penalty? So first, and I know we'll get to it, but I just thought of another uncomfortable sound that we hate. It's any time the Haslam's speak on situations like this. I mean, oh, it, it's, uh, it's yep. horrific. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Dee Haslam, the Jimmy's wife, if she could have never mentioned Deshaun Watson's name once, she would have. Because all she did was try and say, it's, she even said once, it's not about Deshaun. It's about the bigger picture. I'm like, are you, do you even understand what you're saying? I mean, they're unbelievable. I digress. The, initially, so, so this kind of heads off the ruling by Peter Harvey who was supposed to make this next ruling, which which is interesting because, you know, Roger Goodell and the league were adamant. They wanted a year. Did they not think Harvey was going to give them a year? Or did they think it was going to go too far if he did give them a year? Then Deshaun Watson's group was going to sue. And now are we going to get an injunction that lets Deshaun Watson play before that lawsuit is heard? I think there are all kind of legal ramifications that a lawyer would do a lot better discussing than I would as to why the league ended up saying, okay, we're not going to see if Harvey gives us a year. We'll agree to this. You know, the five mil, which again, off 230 million, it's still a lot of money, but you know, I, I think he can deal with it. And 11 games and he gets to come back this year. And you mentioned the game he can come back. Everybody else all needs to understand he can actually come back into the facility about three weeks before that and actually yep. start practicing with the team again. So by the time the Texans game hits, he will have had three or so weeks of practice and be ready to basically hit the field. He's not just showing up first day, uh, week of the Texans game. So he'll have time to get ready for that. That's, I don't know how many people uh, may, may have known that, but uh, that, that's, that's, that's important, I think, as well. So I, I guess that's – and I probably more will come out, guys, I would imagine, as to why – the league went into this and didn't wait for Peter Harvey to rule and see if it would have been longer. Would that have, would that have, is everybody just happy this process is over? At the end of the day, the league got more than six games, which they wanted. They thought six was too light. They almost doubled that. They got a $5 million fine. And now everybody kind of, you know, washes their hands of it and, and we move on. So I think there was something to having it end. It's not shocking to me. Deshaun Watson has, has declared his innocence the whole time. He makes sure he says he's sorry for anybody he's hurt, but he never but he but he never apologizes to oh. anybody and yeah. maintains his innocence. So I love all the talk about he has to you know counseling when again D Haslam's talking about counseling. In counseling, don't you have to like actually admit there's an issue to work on counseling? This guy doesn't think he did yeah. anything wrong. And listen, if that's what he thinks, so be it. But don't sit there and tell me how much all this other shit is going to help when he is adamant adamant and says he can't wait to tell his story of why he thinks he's innocent of all of this. So, you know, again, it, it's, it's, and at the end of the day, 
how many people care, how many people don't care, how many Browns fans care, how many Browns fans don't care, how many want to get him back on the field right away. It differs with everybody. I'd say this first and foremost, having the first game back be the fucking team where all of this happened. Mm-mm-mm-mm. is such an insane oversight in this. It's either willfully ignorant in a way that's indefensible or them kind of pugging their nose and saying, man, what an incredible story we can sell around this game. Like, either way, it feels gross. And I understand the six games is tied to the money, but hell, in the settlement then, would you not look at that and say maybe 10 would be worth not having the Go first game back be against I, the Texans. It feels like it's part of the punishment. I I don't know who it's I don't know who it's punishing Brandon other than the people who have already felt like victimized in this situation. Like it's not punishing Deshaun Watson. No, very little of this is actually coming back in that way. But Dad, you're right. Like ultimately, the Browns and every other NFL entity, and I had Dallas Braden point this out to me too that this isn't exclusive to the NFL, but it's the biggest league in North American sports. The Browns and every other NFL entity know they've got to weather the PR storm and then let touchdowns and wins take this over. They want to handle this now because they know they don't have to do better and they don't have to be better at handling any of this. That's the reality because they've got a product that everyone keeps coming back to. And that's why every time we look at this, I mean, it's, it's flat out embarrassing the way some of this stuff has been handled. Like, Dad, you mentioned the Haslam's and the statements that we've heard from them. As we have previously conveyed, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by the NFL and NFLPA structure awaiting a final decision, and we have respected that process. Now that a decision of discipline has been reached, we understand this is a real opportunity to create meaningful change, and we are committed to investing in programs in Northeast Ohio that will educate our youth regarding awareness, understanding, and most importantly, prevention of sexual misconduct and the many underlying causes of such behavior. Since Deshaun's been in our building, he's been an outstanding member of our organization and continues the dedication to working on himself, blah, blah, blah. I was not under the impression that the youth of Ohio had 24 separate allegations of sexual assault their way that landed them suspended for 11 games. I didn't realize they were where the resources on rehabilitation needed to be going like it's the same tired line of we're gonna throw money at a nameless charitable cause so you guys think we're good people while we plug our nose and wait for the good football player to come do the good football we're paying him for so it's it's you know and again this so goes to a lot on on the Haslam's because remember they even he even brought up Jimmy Haslam brought up Kareem Hunt he even used it as a success story he said listen we we did the same thing with Kareem Hunt and it turned out pretty well and quite honestly, Kareem, yeah. oh, Kareem Hunt. He, he said, "He said, I think in this country, people deserve right. second chances. Is he never supposed to play again? Is he no longer supposed to be a part of society?" And then reference the Kareem Hunt portion. So, and, yeah, yeah and, and and I understand that you do something, you pay a price, and then once you pay a price, you're allowed to go back and do what you were allowed to do. I completely get that. I think a lot of it was just a lot of people thought the price he had to pay wasn't steep enough, and that's what everybody was talking about. One of the things that that I think turned a lot of people off was the deal that the Haslam's gave him. Basically gave him a deal that said, okay, if you get smacked around this first year and can't play, you're barely going to get touched. And he isn't. He's a million dollar salary, so it's a little over $600,000 he's losing. That's it of the $230 million guaranteed. He obviously has the $5 million fine as well. And people, people thumb their nose at the Haslam's for doing that. 
when I guess from a business, I'll look at both sides. From a business side, that the Haslam's cared about once they made the decision to get Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, you know at that point you're going to have the people that love it. You're going to have, because he's a great quarterback, you're going to have the people that hate it, and you're going to have the fence sitters. So, so at that point, what does it matter that you go ahead and bend over backwards and give him the deal that he wants to get him there? Because I'm sure, you know, as part of the negotiation, Deshaun's people brought this up, you know, of what was going to go on, and hey, give me a friendly deal. So at that point, if even if Cleveland gave him a normal deal where he lost a lot of money this year, they would still get the Haslam's get looked at cross-eyed for signing a guy that had 24 allegations against him. So they just did a smart business decision that said, we're going to get this guy here. We're already going to take kicks from the fans who don't want us to bring him here. But if we're going to bring him here, we're going to bring him here in a favorable light to us from a business decision that's going to make it work for us. Love him or hate him, like it or dislike it, that was the Haslam's business side of this thing. Well, I mean, the business side of it was they had to pay the Cleveland tax. Yes. Like, that's what this was. They had to pay up because he was coming to Cleveland. Like, Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, when Deshaun Watson was going through wanting to protest and get out of Houston before we ever found out about any of these allegations, what was it? The conversation was Miami and all these places that he wanted yeah. to play that I'm sure had things to do with reasons other than football. So, they... They did what they and I, like I know we hear this time, line all the time about how well if the Browns didn't do it someone else would have. You're right, someone else would have yeah. employed this guy. But now if you're the Browns, everything you do after this, you got to fucking wear. Yeah, and if you were and that's like, the, you have born. to wear. It. I, I understand it doesn't matter, but that's that's the reality. Is everything they do after that, you made the choice, and now you got to answer for your actions. You can't just go, well, we're just following the playbook. Someone, it, it ain't someone else making these calls. It's you. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know is it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. But the thing is, the cause that they made now is proven to be a very smart business decision. <clears throat> as, as nasty as it is, as, un as, as much as we don't want to touch the Sean Watson, I think right now the way they're set up is Cleveland Brown is in a position to win the division for the first time in the franchise history. Oh, listen, we, listen, we understand yeah, that. Like, yep. I don't think anyone's under any nope. sort of guise that this is not a good football decision for the Browns, but it's unprecedentedly disgusting in the light of day. And like, but it, So are the Browns. Like, you, I, I, underst I understand the point that you guys are making on this, but I don't think anyone's disputed that. It's just really hard to stomach because it's morally reprehensible. And, and what will the effect of that be? Nothing. I mean... It, it just well, it I won't know, be. Like, there will be, there'll be I, no I understand last, that. Yeah, there'll be no... Because I agree with you, and I think a lot of people agree with you. 
And then we go on. And then we go on to the preseason, the second game of the preseason. Uh, Deshaun Watson's not going to play anymore. He'll be out of sight, out of mind. Games will start. That's all people will care about. And then we'll talk about Deshaun Watson when he can get back in the building a few weeks before he can go on. That's the thing about it. I mean, this league, not not just, not, I'm not the, the Deshaun thing, but we know the league in these kind of situations have made some really bad decisions and bad moves. And while they've taken a lot of PR flack over it, they're still not hurt on the bottom line at all. It's still by far and away best of anything that's out there, and people will flock to it. So while this is a lot of news now, and Mike, I agree with you, you just look at it and it just doesn't pass the smell test, like the NFL and like in a lot of things, it'll all just move on. But like, but as, as the NFL is being more, <clears throat> they're championing women uh, working for these teams, correct, and women getting integrated into all of these different coaching staffs, they're incentivized at this point. This decision proves that the thing that everyone flocks to is still refusing to protect women or is not a priority when it comes to the women not wearing a, a team logo and, and, and working for these programs. I think that's the bigger issue at hand. Like, is uh, a Super Bowl appearance from the Browns going to erase that? I don't know. I, w- I would like to think not. Well, <laughs> but we Brandon, know the what truth. you're right is we're allowed to doubt the sincerity of everything the NFL does. Like, yeah. e- everything you look at, we've seen this happen from what went on with the military appreciation and the recognition there and the money that was changing hands behind closed doors. Almost every ha- bit of handling of domestic, domestic violence or sexual assault instances. Pretty much everything that the NFL's done and handled on this front. And I know Dan Lebetard's talked about it for years. They are a wholly imperfect and incapable arbiter for crimes like this. Our own justice system in this country does a poor job handling situations like this. But what it means on the other side is, you're right, Like all this is is further proof that football is an untouchable product, but that's you know really a kind of more of an indictment on all of us and everyone yeah. involved than it is anything True. else like no one sh- like us saying that as a reality shouldn't make anyone feel good no I, oh, quite the opposite completely agree completely agree but it's the way it's been and I don't know what's going to change it I mean I, I don't because we've seen some pretty egregious things go on and players end up back on the field again so and, but but in this situation think about where we went so Deshaun maintains his innocence and even even basically rests on it by saying, hey, two grand juries didn't indict me. So by law, by law, he wasn't even going to get tried. The two grand juries didn't even think there was enough evidence to try him on this, but they put it in the hands of, of, of Sue Richardson, and she uses the words where, and basically said the NFL proved guilt against Deshaun Watson and, saying, and, with a preponderance of evidence right, and by all using, of the information for civil court right, standards. By using the, and she used the words egregious and predatory, where the, where the grand jury wouldn't even indict. Sue Richardson is using egregious and predatory. Um, Roger Goodell used the word predatory, which, I mean, is a horrific word to use against women. You know, for a guy against women, no you doubt think. about it. So, I mean... You got two sides of this. The law says we don't find enough here to indict him at all. So we have civil suits that you can go through. I get it. But then the league goes through their independent independent uh, investigation. And Sue Richardson says, yeah, the league, I agree with the league that Deshaun was, was wrong in the conduct policy. Again, 
There's not a law against that where he's going to jail, but he went against the conduct policy that the league has set. So there's, that's why she went to six games. Well, this is this is going all the way back to our legal system does a poor job of handling cases like this. There have Thank been plenty you. of people a lot smarter than me that have talked about how often they mishandle that. But to that point, it's also in this conversation, I've maintained for a while, has not been about guilt or innocence necessarily because Deshaun Watson is not losing his freedom. You're right. The burden of proof, maybe in some people's eyes, is rightly high when it comes to putting someone behind bars and what you've got to show in those cases. But that also, him not going to jail, doesn't mean that nothing nefarious happened here. And we seem to have an overwhelming volume of information that's shown up in these other avenues that has showed clearly by multiple people who have looked at this, something was done that was out of out of bounds enough for all of the punishment that has followed on this one. So yes, like Deshaun Watson is not going to jail. We understand that. We understand that is an imperfect and very complicated system. But this one, again, just goes back to what we saw all along. There's such an overwhelming avalanche of these allegations and the information that have come from everybody and enough people who have put eyes on this who have looked and said, like, yes, something terrible happened here. Multiple terrible things happened here. And now this guy is going to play football again. Yeah, it's uh, it. I mean, like I said, I I think it'll we'll talk about it for a day or two, and then and then I think out of sight, out of mind. Deshaun will be out of sight, out of mind. This was agreed to again by the NFL and the NFLPA. So again, they they have washed their hands from this. How about the the last the irony, the irony that the National Massage Convention is a couple of weeks is not too far away in Cleveland. The National Massage yeah. Convention is in Cleveland. They decided in 2019 that the 2022 would be in Cleveland, and I think it starts August 25th. I think in a week. It's for a couple of days. I mean, is that unbelievable? I don't even know what to say. I, 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 I don't even know what to hey, say about that. It's, but, it's, it's, it feels kind of gross, so I'm not yeah, going to say much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I mean, very, very wild. But like I said, I mean, we all waited for this news. Again, interesting to me, and I imagine we'll find out more of why the league didn't, you know, the NFL side of it didn't let Harvey make a decision um, as to opposed to what they did and come to this agreement. So, like I said, I'm sure we'll get more info in in a couple days we move on. I think I know why. It's because no one in there actually cares that much. Like, it's all to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. And the NFL had the chance to come in here and be the ones to look like they were putting the hammer down. And I said... They are not the good guy in this situation. They have not earned the right to be seen as such, but they had the chance to act in that way. And so instead, we get to sit here. I think this is the most laid bare it's been in quite a while. Would that be fair to say? That seeing the Haslam statements come out here that seem so transparently bad and vague and the usual, like, cookie-cutter response to controversy, seeing Deshaun Watson going back to last week when he offered that half-parted apology where he said, look... I want to say that I'm truly sorry to all the women that I have impacted in this situation. The decisions I have made in my life that put me in this position, I would definitely like to have back. But I want to continue to move forward and grow and learn and show that I am a true person of character and I'm going to keep pushing forward. Couple that with today. This is a statement from Deshaun released by the Browns on their website and their letterhead. 
Quote, I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I've received throughout my short time with the Browns. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field and supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Now, so that was last week. Apology. Or whatever version of an right. apology believe that was. Mm-hmm. Today, state or yesterday, statement from the Browns. And then Deshaun in front of the media addressing this situation. I've always stood on my innocence and always said I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone. And I'm continuing to stand on that. But at the same time, I have to continue to move on with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, I have to be able to take steps and put pride aside. I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and keep pushing forward. I have always stood on not disrespecting or sexually assaulting anyone. So, I don't know what he's claiming accountability for. None of this seems logically consistent. But again, he's allowed to do this because none of it actually matters because it's all a charade to just get him back to touchdowns and wins. Yeah, and, and, and I can't wait for that first session on his health evaluation or mental health evaluation when he's not even admitting he did anything wrong. So, I mean, yeah. where, what, where what is, is that going to go? What is counseling yeah. supposed yeah. to do yeah. Yeah. in that? Exactly. So, I, I, again... I agree, Mike. I think a lot of it is for show to get it done. Here we go. We didn't think the punishment was enough. We got more punishment. We got a fine. And now the story will turn to football. You know, will the Browns go out and get another quarterback like a Jimmy Garoppolo? Will it be Jacoby Brissett for the first 11 games? And what can he do in those 11 games? Because, by the way, again, in a day or two, this is back to football. Deshaun Watson, it's almost like when you're injured. Mike, you know this. When you're injured, Brandon, you do too. You disappear. Well, he's going to disappear. So he's not going to be talked about because he's not going to be relevant. You know, only relevant things get talked about during a, 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 a sports season. So I don't think he's going to be talked about for a while unless Jacoby Brissett struggles. Do they think about grabbing somebody else? It'll all, it's all going to be talked about what's going on on field. And quite honestly, it would be a different story if the team was bad where you didn't expect anything anyway. But it's a good team. It's a really good team that could fight for the division. Now, 11 games might be a little tougher. I think Jacoby Brissett is really a good quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Uh, We've talked about this before, and they have a good offense and good defense. So I think he can manage that offense well. But to get ahead in that division, you may need to get some playmaking done at that position to get ahead of like the Cincinnati Bengals of the world and what Baltimore may do. And and I don't know if Jacoby can go that far with them. I think he can do well with them until Deshaun gets back. But what is that record? You know, at that point. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see if this one's different because we've seen with, and we talked about this the other day with Live Golf, where what we were introduced to with this was so egregious that every time their name gets brought up, it still tends to find its way back to, we know where this money is coming from and it is bad. And that remains the source. It hasn't been washed away from the headline. And I think for the Browns, this is going to take a long time. Fans in Cleveland, we saw the Tyree kill chance, the things that went on in Kansas City for a guy that had committed crimes off the field or was accused of crimes off the field and then was accepted by that fan base. But plenty of people, myself included, do not celebrate Tyree Kill's accomplishments publicly the way I would someone who wasn't accused of the things he was. You acknowledge what he's capable on the field, but that doesn't mean these people have to be celebrated for what's gone on here. Everyone gets to make that choice, and I'll just be curious to see how people make the choice with Deshaun Watson when he's back on the field with that in mind, because this has been... And I know people have always disputed this, but he plays the most important position in North American sports. 
for people that have said, why have you covered this so severely? 24 allegations for a player that was paid the most money in the history of the NFL to play the most important position in North American sports. That's why there's such an intense focus on this. And that's why I think there could and should continue to be when Deshaun Watson comes back. That this Because for the Haslam's to talk about second chances with Kareem Hunt, nobody in their right mind disputes that second chances should be a part of life. But they should be earned. You just being quiet and playing well is not you going and earning a second chance. That's not rehabilitation. And again, we can talk about flawed systems in our country that don't encourage rehabilitation. But when you say, we're going to go donate money to charity, but we're not really going to tell you all the ways that we're in this organization while we claim to be putting Deshaun Watson, or when teams make these claims all the times of, we're going to provide a structure that's going to make sure this player gets better than when we found him, and yada, yada, yada. It's like, all right, prove it. Because for most most of my lifetime, I haven't seen one team actually lay out in public, this is the stuff we're going to have this guy do. Oh, they, These are the things that he's going to have to they, do. They, they, they don't do it. They don't. I mean, one of the most egregious ones was, I remember when Greg Hardy signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Greg Hardy, I mean, read what he was accused of doing and how awful yeah. that was uh, against some women. And uh, Jerry Jones, front and center, we have the resources to help him, give him what he needs here to help him in any way. And then all of a sudden, until he's not getting enough sacks and we just cut him and he's gone. He ain't doing right. shit for him. I mean, you know, right. the, the biggest crock out there to say we're going to do something. You're right. Nobody lays out that plan or you just throw money at it. Yeah, we're going to give a million dollars to Northeast Ohio for, you know, sexually abused women or for the youth to learn about it. I mean, it's so easy just to say, let's just let's throw money at it. But, Mike, I think you and I are going to disagree a little bit. I think it's going to be. Just like most things happen in sports, especially in football, it's going to go away because you have a fan base there who hasn't won a championship, hasn't won, you know, that Super Bowl. And they're dying for one right now. So I think a lot of them are going to be willing to turn their nose at what went on as long as their team is winning. I think think they will. I'm just saying we don't have to. Well, like Live Golf, I think the Cleveland Browns are banking on the fact that with enough money, with enough time, it will not be relevant. It's not going to be something that's going to be talked about. It's going to be an afterthought, especially if the Cleveland Browns start winning under Deshaun. My problem is we're talking about a city who the last person that was the face of it was LeBron James. And this is pre-Miami LeBron James, like the, the actual, like a, a, a very, um, what is it? Uh, he, he's humble. I mean, not humble, he, he's, he's safe. Right, LeBron James at a certain point yes. in time in his career when he was the face of Cleveland Browns was safe. Or not the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland, the city of Cleveland. Cavaliers. Yeah, now, now, the stink is on Cleveland. Yes, and I don't, I, you know what, I shouldn't say I don't think. I will be very interested to watch how we all handle this as a sports-watching public now. And again, I understand Deshaun Watson coming out and maintaining his innocence if he believes that he is truly innocent in this. And I've always said, as the process was going along, I'm sure there were legal reasons why he wasn't going to come out and give us all the apology that we wanted out of this. But if that's the case, you cannot expect us to believe that any of the rest of this is anything more than for show. And for us to believe that any sort of meaningful change is going to come for the person inside that organization seems very difficult to swallow because that is not a person who has demonstrated publicly that he feels any need to change. 
And so it's just an awareness of what we're all watching and agreeing to. And we've signed up for more and we've signed yep. up for bad things in the past with this. But this one, again, because of scope and severity, does feel like it's a tick above what we've normally done. I, I agree with that because, again, we've had issues before with other players who end up back on the field again. And we move on and we're to the next one. But this one, this one just seemed heavy, you know, with, with 24 yeah. women. You know, it just yeah. seemed like, oh, my, my God. How, how? And then you hear yeah. about all the, you know, how we were searching for massage therapists and stuff. And it just, it just yeah. didn't seem, it just seemed bad. It really seemed bad. And you wondered where it was going to go. And I still think there were a ton of people, ton of us that thought he was done for this year. Yeah, there was no way he was yeah. playing this year. So I actually think the bigger story has been this process to get where we are. I thought it was going to be actually pretty cut and dry. He's done for the year, and we'll discuss this thing next year. You know, kind of like Calvin Ridley, you know, with the gambling thing. You're done yeah. for the year. We'll discuss it next year. So I, I think that added to the story to go, wait a minute, what, six games? Wait, and and in your findings, you found him guilty of what the league said he did, but only right. six games. So, okay, let's appeal this. So that story became bigger because I do think we all just assumed it was going to be a year and we were going to move on. But my, my biggest issue with this is, is that now – Deshaun Watson's case is the measuring stick for the next time a woman is abused, uh, inappropriately touched. Anytime an NFL player and a woman is in the news negatively, Deshaun Watson is now this measuring stick for, for, uh, I don't know, wrongdoing. And that's my problem because now this is a part of it because we always go back to Ray Rice. We always go back to Greg Hardy. Like when these things happen, they're part of the narrative – in perpetuity the next time an NFL player has an incident with uh, someone of the opposite sex. Well, but this always goes back to what people always say is, well, what what more do you want? What more could be done? People always ask, you know, what what would be enough here? What would be enough is if the NFL actually, if they're going to keep putting lip service or play, saying, and I believe well-meaning individuals inside the NFL, I believe there are people that absolutely want to see the right thing done, but I believe organizations make decisions for winning and for money, and we've seen that borne out pretty consistently. So when people are saying what's enough, what's enough would be if the NFL actually empowered and listened to the people that were experts on punishment and rehabilitation for instances of assault and uh, sexual assault and domestic violence put those into their policy for how these things were punishment and what the rehabilitation rehabilitation process necessitated wow i am really struggling with words <laughs> what the rehabilitation process necessitated in order for a player to return to the field with that idea of a second chance in mind it was all right if we claim we are actually in the business of punishing and creating a safe environment for the women that watch and the women that work in football because a lot of times these crimes are ones that are uh, directed towards women then we would actually demonstrate that with action that is at least shown or proven by people that are experts in that field to be something that produces results not continue to use the same punitive system that ultimately does not change much of the behavior that we've seen over time and remember they basically already screwed themselves with that remember the ray rice go look at that ray rice video ray rice got two games Initially, Ray Rice got two games before it was upped. So, and, and that's what Sue Richardson was going off of, the precedent that the NFL set. So they did this to themselves by not... And rem, I mean, remember when Roger First was a commissioner? He slammed his foot down on everybody. Everybody. 
And then I went through years of shows at ESPN of saying, he has too much power, man. He has too much power. They have to back off of that. And now we're where we are with the independent um, uh, investigators and such. But, Mike, that, that, that's going to take a whole new uh, negotiation in CBA. You know, that, that's going to say, okay, we want to change the policy. Because we've already given out punishments for this stuff. Now you're Now we want them to change that. So they can't just change that because the union's going to say, well, wait a minute, we've had, a, you know, things that happen and this is the number you put to it. So that's well, what we're going they, but, by. But, but they they have changed those things in the past. There was change in that as a result of what happened with Ray Rice. And that was when they upped it to six games with room for more or less. That was a direct result of what happened yes. with Ray Rice. And so I'm saying we can do that again. It's It behooves both sides, the NFLPA and the NFL, for the reputation of the league. Because again, this all goes back to conduct detrimental to the shield. That was what this fell under ultimately as one of the reasons Deshaun Watson suspended like this and I'm saying I don't believe the NFL actually cares enough to do this I think the NFL understands what we've talked about that with time and winning they can get away from most of their problems yeah all I'm saying is if they actually wanted to back up the words that were being fed by a number of different parts of this they would do these things like Sarah Spain and plenty of people have done a great job of covering this and inviting on experts who have said you know just punishing and suspending isn't necessarily going to make the situation better for victims of domestic violence. And maybe in this case as well with victims of alleged sexual assault here, there are other things that you can do that would have a much better impact if the goal is what all these teams always claim. We are going to make room and an environment to help this player improve themselves so that this negative behavior is no longer a part of the equation. But we don't get that, and so just having a full awareness of this situation that that right now as much as that is said based on the actions we've seen laid out before and what we've heard publicly now that's not the goal of this the goal is for them to just get him back on the field to play football well i think the the line you said if that's what the goal is and we, we know that's not what the goal is so i mean they're they're perfectly fine right now the league and the and with, with what the goal is and, and where they are so while i get what you're saying i don't see any kind of change happening um because again remember we just started with this independent investigator this is the first case so i mean and i know that could still stand but you could change the severity of the punishments but i don't see that happening i just i just don't i i i see it staying right right where we are i i i agree with you i would be stunned if it happened and it would honestly if it did happen it would be because People who watch the game, people who cover the game, the fans and the people that drive dollars ultimately decided they weren't going to tolerate the league treating them like idiots. Because that's essentially what this winds up feels like, is it feels very condescending the way that we're all talked to by the people involved in this. So that is that entire saga that for right now has a resolution, at least as far as that. Like we said, there are so many other tentacles that shoot off this that we will certainly be able to get to. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, 
Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. God, let's talk about something normal for a quick second, like the Big Ten getting a shit ton of money from television partners. Dear God in heaven, uh, I believe I saw seven years and eight million dollars. Billion. I think the billion. A billion. Sorry. Billion. B. With a B. Billion among three networks: CBS, Fox, and NBC. And all I could think of this morning was, man, oh man. Maryland and Rutgers, my finesse kings, look at you shining out here about to pick up north of like $75 million a year from here on out in payoffs. You beautiful bastards. I mean, so again, for those that may not have heard, it's three networks. Um, it's Fox, CBS, and NBC. Now, people know NBC to have Notre Dame game. That That's all they do from a college yep. standpoint right now. And we'll get to the Notre Dame part of this uh, as as well. But right now, it'll be Fox showing the noon game. It'll be CBS showing the uh, mid-afternoon game. And it will be NBC showing the Saturday night primetime game, to which NBC now will have a Saturday night primetime game in college and then the Sunday night primetime game on NBC in the NFL. Which, by the way, I'll be calling for Westwood 1 this year on the Sunday night games, hey. in case anybody would like to listen on the radio for those Sunday night games. So it's those three. And then along with NBC, they'll show the game on Peacock and the streaming services and, and, and such and things like that. So you're looking at 80 to $100 million per team in the Big Ten right now uh, and basically covered wall-to-wall throughout the day. So, I mean, it is, we saw this coming. We knew it was going to be a monster deal uh, that was coming. I love the one quote by Kevin Warren, the, uh, the Big Ten commissioner, who I believe is a Notre Dame grad, by the way. Um, he said, it's very expensive to operate our athletic departments. These new deals will continually provide stability for our athletic oh, departments no. to service our students in a highly productive manner. <laughs> yeah. He ain't lying. Uh, he ain't, but oh my God, are they all getting paid right now? Again, we, we saw this, we knew this was coming. Um, uh, the one thing is for Mike, for, uh, you know, the place we work for a lot of years at ESPN, that they're, they're out of this one. You know, this is just uh, NBC, CBS, and Fox uh, for this uh, holding the big, uh, the big, the big games of the day. So, and it'll all start next have, year. And go ahead. Don't they have all the SEC games still? Oh, they they're gonna have. Well, by the way, that led to one of the yeah. more like, what like it was like. It was like if a newly divorced dad was letting his new girlfriend wear his wife's old clothes. Did you see CBS tweeted out a video? With the CBS uh, SEC Game of the Week music for the old 3:30 window, with the NBC, with the uh, the Big Ten highlights running underneath it, it felt so uncomfortable and wrong. Oh, oh yeah, I saw w- it without a doubt, without a doubt. 
Yeah, that 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 absolutely did. I, I'm I'm wondering though where where does Notre Dame fit into this? So can is is NBC still going to try? They put the number at twenty five mil a year. I don't think it was that. Notre Dame, remember we talked about, was looking for seventy five mil a year. There are some business analysts that believe they can get sixty mil a year. And it was it going to be from NBC here? And here's part of it that I I need more education on. So is NBC still going to try and try and get Notre Dame beyond this? And if so, wouldn't that compete against this package that NBC, Fox, and CBS has? Because Notre Dame games, we know, are like, what like two thirty, three thirty. Wouldn't if if NBC got those and they're airing those, wouldn't that be directly against the CBS game in the middle of the afternoon? So what I saw, uh, Pete Sampson uh, covers Notre Dame football for the Athletic, and uh, we just had him on Goal against Smitty, by the way. Check that one out. Mm-hmm. Great interview. Pete does hey. an awesome co- job covering that team. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, courtesy of his NBC, uh, from his colleague, colleague Richard Deitch, that NBC will have the primetime Big Ten football every week, other than the two or three weeks they have a Notre Dame game in prime time so at the very least that's how it's going to sort out in that prime time slot and to your point dad I, I don't know how that will pair opposite of the big 10 window in the afternoon or what would be going on with the sec in that same window i would say though that based on the price tags that we've seen and the comps that we saw for what espn turned down for a package of b-list big 10 yeah. games that was going to run them about 375 million dollars right that notre dame can look pretty comfortably and pretty favorably at what they'd be worth on the open market for their seven home games. So, so I wonder what the number is, because that's what we've talked about, right? What's the number that keeps Notre Dame independent? If you can get, and remember, the 80 to 100 million won't be that if Notre Dame gets into the Big Ten, because now you just added at least one more team. You're talking about right now a split of 16 teams. If Notre Dame comes in down the road, they probably won't come in alone, I would say with another team or so. Yeah. So now you're talking at least 18 teams. So that number comes down. It's not 80 to 100 million. It comes down. I would wonder if there is some sort of writing in this that has something that if Notre Dame decides to jump or there are more teams added, that there's like a good faith understanding that negotiations would be revisited. Because if you add Notre Dame and like a team like Stanford, you are substantially raising the dollar amount that you could command. And I wonder if, especially with NBC being one of the partners of now both the Big Ten and Notre Dame, that that would be a situation that everyone involved said, yeah, this is mutually beneficial to all of us if they want to do this for us to kick this back open and potentially. I, I don't know if that's how right. it can work. I know other contracts right. have worked that way for, you know, let's say like people like us that work in TV of all of a sudden you're put on a much bigger show or platform. Right. There right. are some people that will open that back up. I don't know if that would be possible for Notre Dame in the Big Ten well, based on whatever the language of this looks like. Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at Notre Dame, of course answered this this perfectly, you know, about NBC having another college game on primetime. It's also perfect for Notre Dame, he said. We need NBC to have more college football to more effectively promote our games and to talk about our games and to have NBC be seen in that light. So that was great for us. They got a big piece of this. Of course, that's a, I mean, Jack is in such a great position. Give, give answers like that. Wait for the phone to ring on how much people well, want to pay you. I mean, what, what a great position. It's a great position to be in because Notre Dame's in such a good position. Yes. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I was like, I, I hear that quote and I'm like, yeah, I think the only problem with NBC for a long time was that it was only college football for Notre Dame. I, it was only Notre Dame college oh, football. Right, like, right. 
You know what I mean? Now it's it's it it, it seems more legitimate the way it spreads out to have to have other game. I I, I completely right. agree. So again, I would ask, and I don't know it. What's the number? Because we know access to the national to the playoffs is going to get easier, right? Because we're going to go to twelve or sixteen teams. That that's a given. So outside of if they actually do conference champs taking up the top couple of seeds, and Notre Dame couldn't get that if they were independent, but they'd still get into the playoffs. What's the number? What number makes you stay independent that says easy path to the playoffs, which they would have in a 12 to 16 game uh, or team playoff, and then staying independent? Is it 60 million? Is it 65 when you can get maybe 80? So is that difference enough to stay independent? Does it make up for it in other areas? This is, again, where, where I don't know the answer to it, but there's got to be a number, I, right? There, there has to be a number in mind with Jack I, and, and, and Father Jenkins, I'm, who runs the show. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure it's a range, but they've always taken less to stay independent. That yeah. wouldn't be anything new for them. But so. how much less? That's going to be the key. I guess that's my point. If NBC, if their only offer is $40 million a year, and they could over double that by going into the Big Ten Conference, does that change the tune? So I guess that's my point is what's, what's the number? Just like when all, we're all doing contracts, we all have a number in mind. You know, so yeah. what's the well, number? I, I, I guess I'm saying I have no idea. No, I just no, be pulling no. numbers out of my ass yeah. at this point looking at this. And so for me, it's always still been more tied to the playoffs and everything we hear about Kevin Warren going away from automatic qualifiers and what we hear about that little thing where the college football playoff board of directors had that meeting talking about breaking away the uh, big time D1 football from the NCAA. Every single bit of that points to a world where Notre Dame retains an enormous amount of value. Yeah, like, think right. about what we've spent the last few months doing. Talking about a team like Florida State as one of the teams from the ACC that would be a have that people wanted. Like, people act aghast when all of a sudden you say, yeah, you know, Clemson's good, but we really want, you know, Florida State or North Carolina or Miami. A team like Florida State that hasn't won in quite some time, I mean, since going back to, you know, right in the entrails of that 2013 season where they won the national championship. But the brand is so strong. Like, let that show you that for Notre Dame, even if for some reason things were to go horrifically to start the Freeman era in a way that I don't think they will, reputation is clearly enough to keep you around in the version of college football that we're about to get going forward. I I agree. That's become clear. I agree. And and I do wonder, you know, when and if there'll be more Big Ten teams involved. We know the ACC teams have to be involved right now in Notre Dame's schedule. But will Big Ten, because we saw them go away from that a little bit, used to be, you know, the Purdue's and Michigan's, you know, every single year or, or things like that. But will will that start to go go away unless they join the Big Ten? I'm just I'm just glad we've punted the day where they gets posted the N D monogram with the Big Ten monogram, just like with a little cross thing. I don't want that. I don't want that. You know what? I, I think I think especially with Jack Swarbrick at the helmet, so much of my thought process with this has always been, quite frankly, that Notre Dame's decision should have a lot lot to do with how long Jack Swarbrick wants to keep being Notre Dame's athletic director. Because if that's for a good long time here, I'm comfortable with Notre Dame riding it out as an independent. Very, very comfortable with what Jack Swarbrick's done, the rooms he's gotten Notre Dame into, and the results that's netted. I trust that guy in handling this program at the helm. And I, I don't base this off any reason, but if he decided, you know, hey, I only want to do this a couple more years, I'd be pretty comfortable with them saying, all right, well, let's lump into the Big Ten and just make sure we're safe going forward, so, not true. knowing who I, the successor would be. I, I will say this. I am I am happy with any move they make because they're in a position to know it will be the best thing for them. 
So if they end up going to the Big Ten, they felt at that time that that was the best thing for the school, and that's fine by me. Because that's what every school is doing, you know? I, all these people that rip Notre Dame, all oh, be a team player, going to conference, oh, you're full of shit. As I've always said, if your school was in the position Notre Dame was, you do the same thing. Why do you think USC and UCLA bounced? They did it for the money. You know what? And, and that's fine, because we know everything's run by money. I get it. So that's why I wonder where the money is for Notre Dame, or Notre Dame is in the position. USC and UCLA had to go seek this out, right? Notre Dame doesn't have to. As I said, Notre Dame is getting the phone calls. And Notre Dame has a chance, Jack has a chance to see the broad landscape and say, okay, this is what's going to be best for Notre Dame. So if it remains independent, I'm cool. If all of a sudden we're in the Big Ten, I get what you're saying about seeing the Big Ten patch on, on the, uh, but you know what? I will have felt that they felt this was best for our school if they did that, and I'd be cool with it. The other interesting part of this to me is what it opens up because now it's now it's real. Like now we're seeing the real numbers on this that show for these other non-ESPN networks they would like college football to be a little more up for grabs than it's been because ESPN has been a place and dad you saw it up close for, you know, two, over two decades that has been the incubator for what college football has become. That has been the brand that took college football to the platform that it is now. And Kind of like we've seen with the NFL, where the NFL's such a big commodity, it can no longer be contained by just one media company. It's got deals all over the place. We see a bunch of different networks carrying Super Bowls over the next decade. College football has now, I think, reached that place where... I, like, I know bashing ESPN is fun and easy. I think, by and large, ESPN did a pretty good job with what college football's become as far as making it seem big and making it seem like something that's oh. a product that people enjoy. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, look at college game day. I mean, look at what that's brought, the success of that. That's leading everybody, everybody watch that show to lead into their start of their college football watching day, you know, at noon. Oh, w w without a doubt. Uh, I com Hi, completely I'm agree. Isn't it just college football, though, at the end of the day? Like, as long as it's on, it's going to get watched? Well, no, like, it is. It, it, it is, but, but you, you remember, you have all the, like, like Jack said, and I agree, having another NBC college game makes NBC have to be involved in college more, which means Notre Dame gets more exposure, and I'm sure Notre Dame haters all like they need more exposure. But you do. You get more exposure. Anybody that's doing shows, look at hockey when they went away from ESPN. When ESPN, you, they disappeared, right, and they were gone. You, yeah. you you had to search out a game, let alone a show. Now it's back at ESPN. They got hockey shows again. I mean, and people tune into that. When we when I first started, it's called NFL Live now. It used to be NFL Tonight. Me, Mark Malone, Sean Salisbury, and Merrill Hodge started that when we first went to ESPN in the mid-90s. And it was a show. It was like a half hour only during the season. But look at the appetite for it. That became an hour show all season long, sometimes two hours. It's, it's that promotion. That's all we did on Mike and Mike and then with Trey and, 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 and Mike Jr. is how many times we're pubbing something else, bringing along something else, you know, uh, um, just, just advertising for something else. So while it is college football, I get it. College football can sell itself to a point, but it's pretty nice when you have popular shows out there that are helping to push the product along.
I would say too, college football and most any sports don't haven't always sold themselves. They've got to get to a point. Like, shoot, we largely recognize soccer is the most popular sport in the worldwide, and yet even still, we found there's levels to this shit once the folks of the Premier League decided, hey, we want to operate in a little bit of a different way business-wise. We're going to put ourselves with some well-aligned TV partners, and now that monstrosity is what it is. I think they did good things along the way, but I think at the point we're at now with the sport more hands involved in this process is a good thing it is so big and we've talked about it's never had anyone directing it and so now if you've got more voices involved in crafting the future of the sport since money is clearly going to drive it more voices in anything is more often than not i think a good way to ensure that you have the best chance of it working out in a way that the most people are going to enjoy so that much I can say is probably a net benefit, especially when yeah. it comes to that, the playoff, all these other issues that are going to dovetail off this. I agree. I agree completely. I'm still better about the, the, the trophy. I mean, the listen, it is, an, it is an objectively worse trophy with the college football playoff. Objectively worse. The crystal ball was by far a better trophy Agreed. in the world of college sports. Yeah, I do yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So we can all agree on that. This new one's very gold. I'm sure it shows a lot of weird thumb and fingerprints all over. Do we know it why they really did it? Too close. Do we know why they did it, or what? What the deal? I feel was? like it was a, it was a power move from ESPN. It's like we got college football now, and we're going to make this 3D printout trophy and change the change everything. Huh. That's why. That's why I'm bitter against ESPN about it. All right. Well, there you Didn't go. ESPN control the BCS. No, not outright. Yeah. Back in 2008, ESPN outbid Fox Sports oh, yeah. and won the BCS rights. Yeah, so. they had the BCS rights. Yeah, and look what they did with that. Yeah, they gave it a great. <laughs> they gave it a great trophy. Like, it's, and, and listening, again, great, great ratings all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so it's. I'm talking about the like, fact that we don't have it anymore. But okay, I got you. Oh man, we do we do miss that one here, uh, guys. Lot that went on today. Uh, Dad, as always, we appreciate you coming, giving us some time. Everyone, check out Golik and Smetty wherever you get your podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Pete Sampson there helping preview mm-hmm. a Notre Dame team that's getting closer and closer to the start of the Marcus Freeman era, and plenty of other great things along the way. Yes, that's a lot of fun talking about that. We're gonna, I think, we're next week. We're gonna break down a little more college football than getting to the NFL. It's football season, man. My God, preseason game two coming up. Wow. Wow. Love it. Can't wow, get wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. New underwear for everyone. See you later. I don't know. Thanks, Dad. I know Thanks, we talked briefly. Dad. I know we talked briefly about moments where you feel yourself becoming your parents. I had a very adult moment today where I sat, or yesterday, where... I sat very proud of myself that I managed to book not one but two doctor's appointments for myself when I returned to Connecticut for Mike Golick Jr. bobblehead night at the Hartford Yard Goats game, August 30th, if you want to roll out wow. there at the Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford, Connecticut. But I booked a dentist appointment and an eye doctor appointment for when I go back to Connecticut, try and take care of my shit and use the insurance. And I tried out a new grocery store and I realized driving over there that this is one of those moments where it is now these small things. Now that I'm so far away from like athletic accomplishment or any real major firsts in my life that now this is what I have to look forward to. Like these mild moments of adult excitement. Oh yeah. And those are real too. Cause a a new grocery store. I mean, I don't know unless you went to, did you go to Bristol farms? No, I went to lazy acres. Lazy Acres. I don't know about that. 
Which, like, so people had talked it up out here. It's, it's just like Whole Foods with a couple of different colors. Like, it's a bunch of brands I don't know. They sell blocks of, like, weird soap that look like they should be edible. Like, there's a very high chance of you walking into a Whole Foods or apparently a Lazy Acres and mistaking the soap rack for a fudge counter. Very easily. Yes. Sounds like Buff City soaps to me. I don't know what they are. It's supposed to exfoliate my skin. And again, because I only have one skin, which is a thing I realize now that I'm about to be 33, I want to make sure I'm taking care of it. So that's what I do now. I buy soap at the fancy grocery store. Yeah, I can't do that anymore, Mike. I honestly, like, you know, the first time I, like, didn't have bar soap was probably taking a shower at Braxton's house. One of our our former teammates. (laughs) Well, that's the other part about, like, I feel like one of those places where I learned a lot about showering and the differences in them is in a college locker room because they make it real easy. The shower that you use in a college locker room is essentially like an assembly line. It's one long hallway with a bunch of shower spots and you're all just in there together and they've got the fake soap on the walls that you just, you know, pump out into your hand. And then I learned about things like washcloths that we've talked about I wasn't aware of before. That was a big cultural difference that I became privy to and that we've talked about. That was a big learning experience for me. It was just kind of seeing how different people went about the showering process. Not literally, but just seeing like who bought what soaps into the locker room, who had the nice soap so if I was out I could go borrow some of theirs type thing. It was a whole economy of resources in there. Yes, I'll never forget. uh, I think it was like fresh... Doesn't matter when it was. Uh, Ian was with the 49ers, and they were living in Santa Clara. Uh, Ian Williams, he, he, former he, Notre Dame nose tackle. Thank you so much. Uh, we went out there to visit Michelle and I, and we went over to his apartment, and he was like getting us ready for showers and stuff. And Michelle was about to take her shower, and he gave her uh, a towel and a washcloth. And she very famously just like immediately handed the washcloth back to Ian and said, "I, I won't need this." <laughs> Uh, proving the urban myth that the Caucasians. You know, you know what I will say? I dated a white girl. I dated a white girl who used washcloths. Like that was another person. Like I stole that shower habit from too. Oh, so yeah, that was nice. reinforced by a member of the Caucasian community. So okay, look at y'all. We, we won't. We won't judge everyone. White, white people slowly, slowly evolving by finally <laughs> taking the time to listen to people that. Y'all exfoliate with a damn. Y'all want to exfoliate with a damn loofah, but not some cotton. (laughs) One day, we'll figure our shit out here. Brandon, you know what else makes you feel very good is our friends at Dr. Emil Nutrition. Um, While I'm busy exfoliating and trying to get myself right with these dull bits of happiness, what else makes me happy is taking better care of myself. I have one skin and one body, so I might as well make sure that they're as best as they possibly can be. And that's what Dr. Emil's for getting you healthy in a way that actually makes you feel better every day by making holistic health and happiness accessible to everybody here. I have talked all about energy support, gut health, the easy dose sleep support, the pre-workout got me super right the other day here. We were out here deadlifting again, hex bar deadlifting, which means I definitely needed a little added oomph and it came without the jitters or tingles in that brand. And so I was still able to move weight, but I didn't feel like my forehead was peeling off. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Yeah. Dr. Emil's array of natural, high-quality supplements, hand-selected 
to enhance each aspect of your personal wellness journey. Remember, visit DrAmilNutrition.com and use the discount code GOJO20, that's G-O-J-O-2-0, for 20% off plus free shipping on all orders. Visit DrAmil, spelled D-R-E-M-I-L, Nutrition.com. Brandon, do you know what time it is? Now let me take you to a place nice and quiet. There ain't no one that'll interrupt, ain't got a rest. I just wanna this, that, and the third. And so I knew what you wanna do. See, I've been waiting for this so long. We're making love until the sun comes up, baby. I just wanna this, that, and the third. Now wow. tell me, do you wanna get freaky? Cause I'll just stand in the third, I'll just stand in the third, I'll Oh my god. It's the end of the week. We're all losing our damn minds. Let's send Woo! everyone out of here on a high note. As always, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. Tell Brandon how much you love his singing on this, that, and the third, and his Lakers takes. Brandon, <laughs> let's get to this. Oh, man. Um, we had all this news about the Big Ten and all the money that recently got paid out, and that's real cool. Only one problem for one of the new members of the Big Ten. So USC and UCLA, last time on Dragon Ball Z, got up, got their stuff, and headed out of the Pac-12. Or so we thought. According to the LA Times, apparently the University of California system leadership on Wednesday proposed some new rules that could limit campuses from making major decisions involving athletics contracts on their own. Remember, UCLA belongs to that California school system, and while traditionally it had been up to the president of each campus and their regions to decide what to do for each school, it was made very clear to everybody here, and that had been since 1991. There was a UC system policy that delegated authority to campus chancellors to execute their own contracts, including intercollegiate athletic agreements, that would provide leeway for UCLA's chancellor to potentially go through with this. But... The chairman of the board, Rich Lieb, affirmed his powers to go and exercise authority in potentially blocking this move if they didn't think it was good for the whole UC school system. And Brandon, this was something I actually had a source back when this all came out kind of remarked that they were surprised that the UC school system would have allowed or signed off on this to happen because this would essentially be UCLA as a part of that going and bettering their one campus site without necessarily that same mind paid to the rest of that California school system. That is interesting. And that, that I am happy to see that there's some red tape that they still need to get through. And it remains to be seen whether or not they will actually exert that authority and go through with that. But it's just something to keep in mind as we go forward because we're talking about potentially 75 plus million dollar payouts to these potential member institutions and if all of a sudden that got thwarted, it would be a very uncomfortable conversation for everyone in UCLA who's been getting ready and buying winter coats for some of their trips to Rutgers and Wisconsin in November. So something to keep an eye on as we go forward and we've got all this windfall behind the world of college football. Brandon, let's get to that though. 
I feel like we haven't talked anything about Kanye West in a while, and that was one of our very shared interests at the beginning of our friendship. It's gotten a lot more complicated in recent years for a lot of reasons. Um, But I had forgotten Kanye West had a partnership with The Gap, where Kanye was contracted on to come and do a Yeezy clothing line with The Gap. And, Brandon, have you seen the layout for Kanye West's collection at The Gap? For anyone that's missed it, Kanye West apparently had expressed outrage and anger when he saw his clothing displayed on hangers and is now mandated that the clothing would be placed in the middle of the store in what looked like giant trash bags in piles of clothing here. Now, I saw a Business Insider piece from a guy who went and actually tried this out, tried to go see what it was like, the experience of shopping for the Yeezy stuff, and said it wasn't as hard as it got made out. The clothes are folded up and kind of separated by dividers inside the bags, but it's still $120 shirts and $240 sweatshirts sold at the Gap inside large duffel bags in the middle of the store in a way that, again... Years ago, we all would have done the thing where we probably looked and said, oh man, Kanye is a genius. He figured it out again. And this time it just seems like according to this, it's a bunch of bags of clothes that have sat there for a long time because no one's coming to the gap to spend a buck 20 on a t-shirt. I don't know, Mike. For a Yeezy shirt? Like I, I'm I'm about this, this uh, Old Navy Yeezy life because I can't afford any other Yeezy stuff. And... I like the through line that he used to work at the Old Navy. So now he's like kind of bossing up, bossing up and things like that. He also, didn't he say he was going to destroy this line if he didn't become a board member? And they were like, ha, ha, you're right, Kanye, chill. But this is, a, this is, this is kind of like kind of on par for Kanye, isn't it? Like well, he, wants to, he wants to affect the shopping experience to the T. It does sort of make me happy because Kanye West inadvertently helped bring one of my favorite childhood movies to life. Like, this is the Derelict campaign from Zoolander. Oh, my God. Like, How? that's all this is. How? Kanye West has just been, like, slowly making the Derelict campaign real life. And now having what looked like actual trash bags in the store is just leaning fully into that Zoolander clothing line that was supposed to basically mimic homeless people. (laughs) And that's actually, I saw Kanye doing an interview all pissed off because some people said it was offensive to homeless people that he was doing it and portraying his clothes this way. And as usual, Kanye got both pissed off and pointed a finger at the media and made them the bad guy. So it's... Kind of another day in the life, but uh, Brandon, it doesn't seem like this is slinging, so I have a feeling if you wait long enough, this might wind up on the clearance rack in there, and now we're talking about something. Hell yeah, especially at Old Navy. Clearance rack at Old Navy is, that's, that's, that's a real discount. You can get a hoodie with a white dove on it for $240, Brandon, so enjoy that. Stock up. Christmas is going to be here before we know it, and we got to make sure everyone looks right, looks right for the end of the year. But Brandon get to the third looking forward to this weekend we got you know obviously WNBA playoffs are rolling along here Sabrina Inescu and the New York Liberty got over on the sky in the first game of their series great for the W if Sabrina who has continued to be a star that everyone expected leaving Oregon in this league even if they beat the defending champs I think a star like that moving on is great you've got that going on you've got preseason football Sabrina got that dog in got that dog in there Con- confirmed dog in Sabrina yeah. Unescu. She's she's done been had the dog 
in her. So we've got that. We've got more preseason football. We've got it Saturday, Sunday, and I believe Monday night this week for the NFL preseason, as well as I'm sure Premier League and everything else. But Brandon, Sunday nights are back, baby, this weekend. Because HBO's House of the Dragon is finally making its way back to screens. The HBO uh, Game of Thrones prequel spinoff that will take a look at House Targaryen and all the dragons involved starts on Sunday night. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, Brandon. I don't care how that series ended. George R. R. Martin can stop bitching. Just finish the books, George. I don't need to hear you wash your hands of all this publicly again we get it you had nothing to do with it because you stopped writing books and started going out here and living large everything you said brandon yesterday about lebron james might actually apply more to george rr martin who has sat here and complained loudly about the way his series was handled and claims he's finishing it the way he wants and then is never actually finishing it so george do it in the postseason or else don't do it at all but in the meantime We do have this, which is based on source material, which should probably hug that. And if nothing else, Brandon, like, has a fuck ton of dragons in it, which is really what I come to Game of Thrones for anyway. All the politics, all that highbrow stuff is great, so I can fake talk smart in front of my friends and act like I care about... I'm here for the dragon scenes. Plain and simple. Apparently, that's what uh, everyone else is, too. Because George R.R. Martin... Not worried about championships anymore. He's just worried about his little children, which apparently are these dragons, very similar to LeBron and Bronny. I will say, like, I think more people than they probably admit are going to tune in and get curious. About this this Game of Thrones series? Yes. Mike, what are you talking about? Yes. It's like saying, I think people are going to tune into these preseason games. Like, yes, they're fiending. They miss it. That's not a hot take. I mean, it feels like it. Brandon, I feel like hating, talking about the end of Game of Thrones in a way that makes it sound like you're not going to watch any of the spinoff material is like hating Uh. Nickelback. It's very fun to do in public. People like to act like they're all big and bad and tough. And then the minute, look at this photograph, comes on in like a shopping mall or an elevator, they're sitting there bobbing their head with the rest of us here. Mm, 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 mm. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm singing the song in my head now. As you should be. We'll check that one out. Review of that coming Monday. Maybe I'll actually muster up the gumption to give you guys a review of the Dragon Ball Superheroes uh, movie Monday because... You know your boy's protecting his peace and going to enjoy that this weekend in the IMAX like it's supposed to be. Going to be a great time. We hope everyone enjoys their weekend around here, and we thank everyone for making it all the way through this podcast. As always, if you liked it, download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Tell a friend about it this weekend. If you liked any of the episodes that we did this week, the NFC and AFC North previews that we had going on, wonderful time visiting with a Duke offensive lineman singer. We had the Big Ten Conference preview earlier this week. It's all gold. Make sure you enjoy some over the weekend. Make sure you have a good time and touch some grass. Everybody have a good one. We'll talk to you Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.